This is Oral Valley Catholic, and I'm Father John Arnold. James Joyce, in his novel, A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, recounted a retreat given by an Irish Jesuit uh, when Joyce was a young uh, Catholic man. And it ended in this fire and brimstone recounting of hell. And here's how Joyce told it. In earthly prisons, the poor captive has at least some liberty of movement, were it only within the four walls of his cell or in the gloomy yard of his prison. Not so in hell. There, by reason of the great number of the damned, the prisoners are heaped together in their awful prison, the walls of which are said to be four thousand miles tick, and the damned are so utterly bound and helpless that, as a blessed saint, St. Anselm writes in his book on the similitudes, they're not even able to remove from the eye a worm that gnaws it. Yes, mercy is at the heart of the gospel message of salvation. Save yourself. Forgiveness is the way that you save yourself. The Lord's commandments about forgiveness are some of the most practical, life-giving words in Scripture. Look, if someone has hurt you 490 times, most probably they've decided not to change. If God can't change them, what chance do you have? Jesus' teaching about forgiveness is his invitation to save yourself. Don't get drugged into the darkness of the culture of contempt. You know, it's how you see God. The Holy Spirit is the work of forgiveness in each of us. The Holy Spirit is not the God that we can see. Instead, he is the God that we see by. He's like a light turned on in a dark room so they don't smash your toe against a chair leg. He is the light that allows you to discern your relationship with others and make faith filled choices. St. Augustine wrote about God as light, for no one would say that he had served the interests of a fountain by drinking from it, or that he had served the interests of a light by using it to see. You see, we love God when we, in a human way, try to love someone like God loves. God is the light by which things are known and the good for the sake of which things are done. And that is from him that we receive the principle of nature, the truth of doctrine, and the happiness of life, said St. Augustine. God is what makes life understandable. God is light. When we refuse to forgive, we refuse the light. The Lord instructs us on what it means to close our eyes to the light of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said in Matthew chapter 13. The gospel today is from chapter 18. But here's Jesus in, back in chapter 13. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. The Holy Spirit is the light by which we see how we learn to love God and our neighbor. The light presents us reality. When we close our eyes to this light, 
How can we possibly find our way to God? The light presents us the inescapable choice between forgiveness and seeking revenge. And understanding the story that Jesus tells about forgiving seven times 70, you really have to look at the Old Testament background or you don't understand the exchange between Jesus and St. Peter. All roads lead to Genesis, the story of Lamech. Understanding the biblical background of Jesus' teaching provides the basis for understanding uh, this whole teaching about forgiveness. In an important sense, all roads lead to Genesis, to our origins. See, after the fall of Adam and Eve, remember they had two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain slew Abel, and he was banished by God. Cain, who was worried about revenge, complained to God that he would be killed by strangers. So in Genesis chapter 4, verses 14 to 15, God tells Cain, If anyone tries to take vengeance on Cain, vengeance shall be taken upon him sevenfold. So in Genesis, in chapter 4, we're told the story of Cain's descendants. Five generations later, his great-grandson, five generations down, is named Lamech. And he boasted that he could do better than God on his own. Here's what Genesis records as Lamech's words. Lamech said to his wives, Edah and Zillah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamech, listen to my utterance. I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for bruising me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. See, in the Old Testament, in a really a patriarchal society, men don't, don't sink any lower if they've got to boast to a woman to get her admiration. Um, and so when he says he can do better than God because he's going to revenge himself 77 times, you're looking at the whole uh, downward trajectory of sin and revenge. Yes, Cain's a murderer, and God protected him from revenge. That's something important about forgiveness, if not reconciliation. Lamech doesn't need God's protection, because Lamech can take care of himself. Thank you very much. And he hopes all the girls know and like him for it. Lamech thinks God is too light on his enemies, and so Lamech will avenge himself 77 times. This difference between God's promise of protection to Cain and the boastfulness of the human Lamech is at the heart of the story uh, between Jesus and St. Peter about forgiveness. So remember it said that there was this huge amount owed. So just for the sake of interest, how much money um, really was owed? So in the story, Referring to Lamech, here's what Peter says. Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. And then Jesus goes on to talk about this great debt. So we see the background of, this, of the story of Lamech and Cain in the exchange between Peter and Jesus. But at the heart of this story is this story about this great debt. So, Let's look at how, what all this means. Although our translation of the gospel says that the debtor 
owed this king a, quote, huge amount, end quote. Literal Greek says that he owed the king 10,000 talents. Now, a day's wage was one denarii. And according to scripture scholars, there are 6,000 denarii in one talent. So long story short, do the math. 10,000 talents paid off at the rate of one denarii a day. It would take this debtor 164,383 years to pay off the debt at the rate of one denarii a day. So he's about 2,000 years into the payoff schedule and has got about 162,000 and some change to go. Wow. What he's saying, Jesus is saying, is unless you forgive, uh, it's hopeless. You can never get out of your problem. So what's the punchline? God will do that to us. He'll hold us liable for all our debts unless we forgive others from our hearts. Mercy must be shown in order to receive mercy. But how to think about this, that's kind of at the heart of this story. And so we'll turn to that in just a moment. And so, so far, we've talked about things that seem not connected. What's the takeaway from all this? Let's put it all together. So James Joyce has his Jesuit priest talking about hell with miles, with the walls, 4,000 miles tick. Then we talked about the nature of God, not as a God that we see, but a God that is like a light that we see by. And so when we shut our eyes to the light, how is it that it's possible for us to ever see God? because we can only see by the light that God provides. And if we close our eyes, well, our end is certain. It's like being in a prison with walls 4,000 miles thick. Uh, so think about this in your own experience of life, in your experience in relationships and living in this modern uh, culture. There's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. It's kind of obvious when you think about it. They're intimately connected concepts, but not identical. Forgiveness means at its basic level that you do not take revenge on Cain. That is what God does with Cain. He promises to avenge anybody that hurts Cain. But that doesn't make him and Cain all right. It just means Cain can go on in his miserable life. Although Cain may never apologize to God, you, his brother Abel, or anyone else, and he may argue to his dying day that Abel deserved exactly what he got, forgiveness is that God let Cain live and wished him no harm. But think about his impoverished life, absent reconciliation with God, because reconciliation is something different. Do you remember last week, it was the story of Jesus talking about what happens when a brother sins against you. And here's what Jesus says, because this week's story and last week's story go together. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. My friends, that's what reconciliation is. You and your brother, your sister, you come back together in relationship and you both go on. Uh, you come to a meeting of the minds. This is what reconciliation does. 
It's essentially the story of the prodigal son. When the son comes back, asks for forgiveness, and the father literally runs out to meet him and embrace him. So imagine this picture of Cain walking away from God as exactly the opposite of the story of prodigal, the prodigal son from the Gospel of Luke. You see, when a relationship is restored, then two people see eye to eye. But forgiveness is what happens if you can't see eye to eye. Forgiveness is the Christian response when reconciliation is seven times, 70 times in the future, if ever at all. When reconciliation isn't possible, you forgive so that you don't get sucked in the rage and bitterness with which, with which anger wounds the soul. Um, you don't take revenge because you can never make it right. You can never make it even. The Holy Spirit, remember, is the light by which we see our neighbor, our connection to everybody. And to the extent that we can see our connection to other people, we are seeing as God sees. But what happens if we refuse to see through the light of forgiveness, that is, through the light that the Holy Spirit provides us as we meditate on these words of our Savior in Scripture? You see, we are stuck with someone who sins against us 490 times, and then we want to pay them back at least 490 times. A perfectly symmetrical, self-destructive relationship is like getting stuck in a prison from which there is no escape. With the walls 4,000 miles thick and a worm in your eye that you can never reach, never can pull out because of the heaps of the damned that are right there with you giving you all the reasons to fuel your anger and contempt for someone else. If we refuse to see the light of the Holy Spirit, despair inevitably follows because loving in the way that God made us to love is not possible. Do you remember that passage I, wrote, uh, I read from my, uh, earlier in the Gospel of Matthew about the sin against the Holy Spirit? And you probably remember as a Catholic, you're taught uh, it's blasphemy or it's despair. But you know, uh, those are really all just pathologies of a deeper disease. And the deeper disease is the re refusal to see by the light of God. And so the sin against the Holy Spirit is to shut your eyes in a room full of light because you don't like what it shows you. You know, St. Catherine of Siena, in her, in her book, The Dialogues, which she... Um, she dictated to Raymond of Capua. She teaches that you really can't love as God loves. Catherine is very realistic. I mean, God's God. He can walk on water. He raises from the dead. Um, it's, it's a love of a different category. We can only love in an analogous way, like God. So the best we can do is to love in a fully human way. Here's what Catherine said. Whatever love you have for me, you owe me. So you love me not gratuitously, but out of duty. While I, God, love you not out of duty, but gratuitously. So you cannot give God the love I ask, that God asks. This is why I put you among your neighbors, so that you can do for them what you cannot do for me. It's God speaking. That is, 
Love them without any concern for thanks and without looking for any profit for yourself. But whatever you do for them, I will consider it done for me. So what's the takeaway? You love somebody who just holds you in contempt and there's really not much you can do to change them. I'm not sure there's much you can do to get away from the pain that comes from a relationship that refuses reconciliation. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says it like this. It's not in our power not to feel or to forget an offense, but the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory and transforming the hurt into intercession. So people come and say, I can't forgive. And you know what? I ask them, so are you plotting their murder? Are you seeking revenge in some way? Well, no, they would never think about doing that. That really is forgiveness. The next step is how do you keep from getting run by your anger? That's really at the heart of forgiveness. You know, we live in this moralistic culture where there's condemnation and judgment all the time, especially in social media. It's a culture, though, that is like this weird morality that doesn't have mercy. It's a culture that thrives on shaming people. You know, Catholics can get sucked in this culture, which has been tagged the culture of contempt. But this culture of where there's all accusation, which is satanic, and all moralism, but no forgiveness, no reconciliation, no sense of human frailty, it's like that prison that James Joyce uh, describes that's hell. People heaped on top of each other, poking each other, condemning each other, accusing each other constantly. But since there's no mercy, no one can ever get the worm out of their own eye. And you can't escape because the walls of that prison are 4,000 miles tick. A 19th century philosopher, Arthur Schopenhauer, said that contempt is, quote, the unsullied conviction of the worthlessness of another person. Mercy is the recognition that you really can only get through the Holy Spirit, that even our enemies, our children of God, wounded and having the similar struggles, although they may have taken a different road, but still we have this common uh, experience uh, of being children of God. You know, spiritual freedom isn't standing up for people with whom you agree. See, if you just defend people with whom you agree, it's like looking in a mirror and having this distorted love of yourself. Real freedom is understanding the person with whom you disagree and being able to deal with them and talk to them and listen to them without entertaining contempt in your heart for them. It's not possible to ever escape the prison walls of contempt without the spirit of forgiveness, that is, the light of the Holy Spirit by whom we see, by, by light by which we see. And without that light, how is our own forgiveness ever possible? Because we could never recognize our need for forgiveness. You know, that's why I said this is the most practical teaching in the gospel. And you could just see it in that whole interior uh, monologue that you have going with God. 
where you're arguing over the anger you might feel for another person and what to do about it. Without the light of the Holy Spirit, uh, all that reigns is the darkness and the walls of hell, 4,000 miles thick. But with the light turned on, you know, there is a ladder out of that pit. And that ladder leads to heaven. It's a tough one to walk, but it's a ladder that leaves contempt for another behind. And so this story of Jesus and forgiveness is really Jesus talking about the book of Genesis. Why? Because all of these stories lead us back to the basic origin story of what it means to be a human being. After you've committed sin, just walk away from God and hope nobody takes revenge on you. God doesn't punish the sinner that way. Or do you turn around and go to God, like the prodigal son, and seek reconciliation? And the next morning, get up, start again, try to do better. I always thought Christianity was the most hopeful religion you could possibly believe in. This has been Father John Arnold, and this is Oral Valley Catholic.